Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here. I appreciate the um, emails that I've gotten and the support and uh, the ones you've enjoyed and that have been a help to you. We're not afraid to take on some of the tough topics and issues and hopefully bring some uh, logic and wisdom and Bible and help to that. And uh, today will be um, the same. So uh, this one might get me kicked out of Independent Baptist. I don't think you can get kicked out because we're independent, but uh, but this may be. But I'd like to tackle a topic that is very important and that people have debated and discussed, but I hardly ever hear anyone use the Bible in order to do that. And so if you saw the title already, you know what we're talking about. Now you're tuning in to see, all right, which way is he going to come down on this. So we'll see what this does. So let me tell you my background and testimony. I grew up in Tennessee as a kid and we had one black family that went to church, real small school, 25 in my graduating class and um, never saw any race issues there. Moved to Iowa when I was in sixth grade and a lot more black families and uh, black friends and never had a problem or an issue. We voted 1985 homecoming queen, a black girl as our homecoming queen and everyone got along Then went to the military and a lot of black guys in the military and we all got along well. I had a three man team and uh, two of the three of us were black. Okay, two of the three of us. I was the only white guy. Uh, we got along great, never had any issues, never had any problems. And then I go to Bible college. <laughs> and it's amazing. People, they look left, they look right, and then they say, hey, did you hear about? And they'll tell me a racial joke. And I would look at them and go, you think that's funny? They were stereotyping a whole group of people in a negative, derogatory way that was just wrong. One day I was coming back from church. A guy from college asked if he could hitch a ride to the college. I said, sure. And I uh, sat in the front seat. Out of the blue, he just said, I hate black people. I said, excuse me? He said, I hate black people. I said, yeah, right. I thought he was joking. He goes, no, I hate black people. I said, how in the world can you hate a whole group of people that Jesus loved and died for just as much as he loved and died for you? 
he said, well, I'm from Alabama. I said, so what? I'm from Tennessee. Well, one of them did something wrong to one of my friends one time. I said, well, we did something wrong to them. How in the world can you hate old group of people? I was so furious. wanted to kick them out of my car and leave them on the side of the road. Um, and so then I saw other things. I won't go into that. I have another longer podcast on that. But ended up believing that white and black people should go to the same church and serve the Lord together. And it said, I believe the race issues would be fixed if we serve the Lord together. We're not looking for a black church or a white church. And we saw so many of those. Any black friends in college, oh, you need to go start a black church. Really? First first. Baptist black church of so-and-so town? No, it's a church. Um, and everybody should be welcome. And I said that then, and I had guys tell me, well, all right, go prove and do it. So we did. So we went to Tennessee and started a church. And uh, it took a while because most black people said, we're not welcome at white churches. And, and God used me to preach a sermon to help. And it was a landmark watershed sermon about that issue. And it really helped. And I took all the stereotypes in the Bible. Uh, sorry, I took all the stereotypes that people say about black people and found a Bible story uh, to show that all of them were wrong. Pretty amazing. I've heard, oh, the black guys, they just are sexual perverts. Really? Let's look in the Bible. Here is Jew, David, uh, that slept with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, a black woman. Uh, Uriah the Hittite from the Hivites, from the Canaanites, a black man. He had so much character, he wouldn't even go be with his wife because his men were on the battlefield. And the Jewish guy took his wife and then had him killed and then married her. It had nothing to do with the color of their skin, but the content of their character, okay? Um, well, um, well, they just don't really handle spiritual truths the same. I've heard people say that. Really? Antioch? First call Christians at Antioch. Good church there. Two of the four pastors were black. Go look that up. Uh, well, you know, they ought to be separate. Uh, really? Where? picture your uh, look at the picture of Jesus and his disciples um, on the last supper okay you got all the picture the painting um, guess what is miss guess what's missing there's one black man in that picture there's one disciple the only one that has given his quote race Simon the Canaanite Simon the Canaanite Whoa, yeah, Canaanite. His dad was uh, Hamite. Yeah, he was father of the black people. Oh, wow, look at the disciples and see a black man there, Simon the Canaanite, the only one. Oh, I think we ought to be separate. No, you don't find that in the Bible. Jesus, one of his disciples, was Simon the Canaanite. Pretty amazing. And so preached a sermon and talked about that. It was a great help for our church. And um, there's another podcast on that if you wanted to um, see into it. But um, so now we get to this. What about interracial marriage? I've heard, well, God made us different and we're supposed to stay that way. Okay, uh, Bible verse, Bible verse. Well, there's more chance of divorce, um, you know, when you have a mixed race marriage. I studied that a lot secularly, I have lists and charts and all those things. And it's amazing um, if there is some disparity in there, when you look at the subpoints of it, it has more to do with their culture of, did you have a mom and a dad? Um, and if they had a mom and a dad, then their marriage was a lot more likely to be stable. And so if it's a black marrying a black person, uh, their marriage is more likely for divorce because they didn't have stable parents to be able to see that. And you have that in there. But when you get down and look at, quote, all the, quote, races, um, an Asian and a white person marriage lasts longer than a white and a white person's marriage. It's not have anything to do with the color of their skin. It has to do with the stability of marriage, what they were taught, a lot of other factors there. And it's not just color of their skin. Oh, it's going to hurt the children um, and the divorce rates higher and all that. 
as Christians, and as Bible-believing Baptists, we're supposed to believe what? The Bible is our authority in all matters of faith and practice. We can use all of our anecdotal evidence to be able to look and say, okay, uh, this reason, this reason, this reason, but what does the Bible say? It is our authority in all matters of faith and practice. So that's what we're going to look at today, boys and girls. <laughs> I say that sometimes just to uh, look and say, okay, here we go. Here we go into this. So um, let me give you a, a first thing. Number one, we all came from Adam. We know that. Uh, look up science and DNA from a biologist standpoint. Can they tell in the biologist and the uh, a bi- biologist, sorry, a biologist DNA? Can they tell the difference um, in a race? And they said human beings are so close you cannot tell the difference. Um, they had a picture of two chimpanzees. They have more DNA differences than would a. Um, um, Taylor Swift and a Kanye West. Okay. They had those up there. They had two penguins. They said, these had more DNA differences than this white woman and this black man, uh, because we are of, here we go. One race. We'll get to that in a minute. So we all came from Adam. Uh, even secular scientists believe we all came from one, uh, human being. And so, uh, we are all the same. We're all the same. Next. We all came from Shem, Ham and Japheth. We all came from Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Um, well, Ham was cursed, and that's why he was made black. Really? Uh, Ham means black. He was named black from a child. Later on, they had the issue. Go back and read uh, Genesis and see if you really think, 9 and 10, see what really happened. And Noah woke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him and said, Cursed be Canaan. In that passage there, it talked a lot about Ham as the father of Canaan. Ham as the father of Canaan. Why does it say that? Ham had four sons, Cush, Mizraim, Foot, and Canaan. So why does it keep saying Ham as the father of Canaan? Noah woke from his wine and knew what his antecedent Ham's younger son had done unto him and said, Cursed be Canaan. If Ham had done something, then Ham would be the one that's cursed. Ham saw, told his brethren, they walked in backwards, put a sheet on him. Noah woke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. By the way, younger son, that word son is Hebrew word bane. It means son in the widest sense of the term, including grandson. And so um, Noah woke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him and said, cursed be Canaan. And Canaan would be servants to Shem, the Jews. Oh, guess what happened? God gave the children of Israel the land of Canaan, and they became servants, the ones that weren't killed, curse over, curse over. The curse wasn't on Ham. The curse was on Canaan, one of Ham's sons. So for you to say, oh, yep, God cursed uh, the black man because of what he did to Noah, is someone who doesn't know what the Bible says. Go read the Bible again and say, huh, okay, yeah, I guess that's not it. Um, And the curse was fulfilled when God made the Canaanite servants to the Shemites. And he said, Japheth, uh, that he would prosper and and grow. And of course he did. So um, by the way, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, were they ever commanded not to marry each other, Um, their other, their kids? By the way, all you have is Sham, Ham, and Japheth and their spouses, okay? So either they married their brother and sister or they married their cousins. And in the beginning, they're all together. Guess who they married? I'm sure they married their cousin. There's no command in the Bible that Shem, Ham, and Japheth were not supposed to marry each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Jews are supposed to stay separate. Yes, we'll get to that, but not Shem and Ham and Japheth. There is no command that they were supposed to stay separate. Okay. Number one, we all came from Adam. Number two, we all come from Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and they were never commanded to stay separate. Number three, how many races are there? How many races are there? What would you guess? 
How many different races? Oh, there's a lot. Really? How? Where? Biblically, how can you show there are more races? Um, Acts 17, 26, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell in the face of the earth. One blood. What does that mean? One race. It's called the human race. You'll hear me in this, and I have to talk about, quote, racist or interracial marriage, because that's a term that people use and accept. But biblically, there's one race. There's one race to human race, human race. Well, you know, God made uh, animals to be different, a different kind. Exactly, a different kind. They can't breed outside of their kind, okay? But guess what? Human beings are all of the same kind and can breed together. Any human from any nation, okay, the one blood of all nations can breed with other people from other nations. If it was a different kind, then they could not breed. Now, there's some things we do, uh, you know, a horse and a donkey are of the same um, kind, a horse, and they can breed together and make a mule, and then the mule can't breed. Human beings don't have that. There is no tribe of people that, oh, they're so far removed, they're not really human, Excuse me, that's racist. That's bad. We're of one blood. Now, how does God divide them? Revelation 7, verse 9, it says, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man can number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne. So God does divide people by nations, by kindreds, and people, and tongues, okay? But does God ever say that they can't marry each other? Oh, yes, they do. All right, let's look at that. Okay, um, are any commanded not to marry? Yes, Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse one. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Gergesites and the uh, Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them, and thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them, neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor thy daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. There it is, okay? God did command the children of Israel that they were not to give their daughters nor take their daughters for them to marry, okay, of those people and of those tribes. And why? And why? Okay, why? Verse number four, right after that, for, God answers it, for they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Absolutely. The children of Israel were commanded that they were not to marry those people around them. Why? Because they would pull their heart away from God and they would not serve God. Absolutely. By the way, same thing in the New Testament, not to be unequally yoked together with what? Oh, yeah, don't be an equally yoke. That's white and black. Uh, that's Mexican. That's Spanish. That's Asian. <laughs> you ought to keep reading the Bible. God said not to be an equally yoked together with unbelievers. And that's still true today. If it's a white person and a white person and one is uh, not saved, they're not supposed to marry. Okay? If it's two Mexican people and one is uh, not not uh, saved, they're not supposed to marry. Okay? Very simple what God said, the reason why they were to marry and they were not supposed to marry. By the way, you want to see that backed up with Solomon, okay? What did Solomon do? He loved many strange women, 1 Kings 11, 1, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, the women of the Moabites, 
Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites of the nations concerning the Lord, which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for here we go, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods, Solomon clave unto these in love. Wow. The same thing that was said in Deuteronomy is the same thing that's said here. Consistent. Those nations, you're not supposed to marry them. Why? Because they will pull your heart away from serving the Lord and to their gods. Is that what happened? Absolutely. Verse 5, for Solomon went after Ashroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon set up a high place for Shemosh, the, god, the uh, abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed under their gods. God said the children of Israel were not supposed to marry the heathen. The heathen. How come? Because you'll accept their God. It's amazing for love what you'll do. Oh, Solomon, please build us a high place. Solomon, please set up our idols. Solomon, please uh, do this for us. Okay, I will because I love you. God knew that and that's why God told them that. Now, interesting, when you look at these groups of people, and we're talking about, yep, that's why God wants the races to be separate. Again, there's one race, okay? But if you wanted to look at the closest of the families, of the tribes, of the people, you look at the Moabites and the Ammonites. Here, God said that Solomon uh, went after those, married those people. He was not supposed to. They were not supposed to uh, marry them. By the way, they weren't supposed to marry them, number one, because they're heathen. But number two, according to Genesis chapter 19, um, uh, I'm sorry, according to uh, Deuteronomy 23, the Ammonite and the Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their 10th generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever, because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when ye came forth out of Egypt, because they hired against thee Balaam, the son of Beor, and Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse thee. Okay, so the Ammonites and the Moabites had a separate reason why they were not supposed to marry them. Um, but let's see, what are they? Where are the Ammonites and the Moabites come from? Genesis 19, uh, verse 36, Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father, the firstborn bare a son, called his name Moab. Uh, the same is a father of the Moabites unto this day. The younger, she also bare a son and called his name uh, Ben-Ami. The same is a father of the children of Ammon unto this day. So the Ammonites and the Moabites came from Lot and his daughters. You know that story. Who was Lot? How close was he to Abraham? Oh, his nephew? Oh, same family? Same tribe? Same kindred? Same people? Same tongues? Wow. You don't get much closer in genealogy than that. This is Abraham, the father of the children of Israel, his nephew, Lot, and Lot's daughters. I'm sorry, that's as close as you can get in tribes and peoples in order to marry, but God said they were not supposed to marry. Why? Because one was white and one was black. One was yellow, one was red. No, it had nothing to do with color, nothing to do with race. It had to do with religion. It had to do with religion. The same thing, okay? The same thing. And interesting, if you want to back that up for sure, look at Naomi. 
and Ruth. You know the story? Uh, Naomi, her husband, uh, famine in the land, they went to Moab. Um, his two sons, her two sons married, uh, Orpah and Ruth. Uh, the sons died, the husband died, she comes back, she's telling Orpah and um, Ruth to stay here. And, um, and you know the story, what Ruth said. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. The people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more so, if aught be but death part thee and me. Here are the Moabites, okay? Heathen people, and they were not supposed to have anything to do with them because they didn't help and support the children of Israel. But yet she said, I will be, I will come with you and thy God will be my God. When she converted, okay, her religion, she wasn't a heathen anymore. She went back with Naomi and, you know, the rest of the story, she married Boaz, who is in the genealogy of Matthew, Boaz and Ruth, a Moabitess. Wow. In Joseph's genealogy, you have a Moabitess. Well, that's just wrong. They shouldn't be there. Really? <laughs> didn't tell God about it. God did it. God did it because it didn't have anything to do with being a Moabitess as much as it had to do with the heathen and the religion. When she converted to Naomi's religion, my God will be thy God. Um, excuse me, thy God will be my God. When she did that, then now she was able to marry pretty amazing. It had to do with religion. It had nothing to do with color of someone's skin. Uh, my genealogy, my dad's done and mom and dad have done the uh, DNA stuff. And I think I'm 164th Indian, um, 164th Indian. The rest of it's all European uh, stuff. Uh, born in the summer, I was a lifeguard. I get dark. Most of my black friends, I would put my arm up. Hey, I got you beat. All my Mexican friends, um, all of my Spanish friends, I have them all beat. So the color of the skin, really, that's how we are supposed to judge somebody? No, by their religion. Another incredible story, what God just makes a point of. This is Bible, okay? Well, I believe, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but we're supposed to be as independent fundamental Baptists. The Bible is our authority in all matters of faith and practice, okay? So Numbers 12, verse 1, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. Why? Why did they speak against him? Because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. His wife died, and he married an Ethiopian woman. Okay, Ethiopian woman, she was a black man. Um, so they spake against her for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Why did they speak against her? Because she married an Ethiopian woman. Nobody can argue about that. So what did God do? God judged Moses for marrying that Ethiopian woman, right? Nope. <laughs> Verse number 10, and the cloud departed off the tabernacle. Behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay uh, not this sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Uh, there was nothing done to Moses. There was something done to Miriam. Why was it done to Aaron? Because he was a high priest. And as a high priest, God did not uh, judge that in a position of high priest. But Aaron still felt that, lay not this sin upon us. Uh, here, Aaron and Miriam criticized Moses for marrying an Ethiopian woman. Think it had anything to do because she was black? I don't know. But they criticized her for marrying him for marrying an Ethiopian woman and created that. By the way, looking at the lineage of Jesus um, <laughs> in the earthly father of Joseph in Matthew, pretty amazing. Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. 
Rahab, wait, she was, she was a Canaanite in the city of Jericho, a Canaanite. Oh, wow. Oh, and then um, Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, a Moabitess. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king. Um, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Here's Bathsheba, a black woman. Oh, she wasn't black. Yes, she was Bathsheba. Go look that up. And then see Solomon, Solomon 1.5, I am black but comely. That's just because of the color of his skin or because he was in the sun. Yeah, he got darker because he was in the sun, but his genealogy from his mother, Bathsheba, married to Uriah the Hittite of the Hivites, of the Canaanites, a black man and a black woman, and David married her and had a son, Solomon. So here in this lineage of Jesus, boy, if we're worried about pure blood, to make sure that Jesus would have pure blood for an earthly father, really, you got Rahab, the harlot, who was a Canaanite. Uh, you have Ruth, that was uh, a Moabitess. And then you have um, Bathsheba, that was um, a black woman also. Pretty amazing. I guess that's not as big of a deal to Jesus and to God as what people make it here. Um and so, uh, so practically, okay, practically, what do you do with that? Uh, what do you make the division? If you believe that, where do you make the division? Sham, Ham, and Japheth? The Bible didn't at all, okay? Not at all. Well, um, God made the languages, and so that's where he wanted it to stay. Okay, show me in the Bible that if someone had a different language, they were not supposed to marry. Show me that. I'd love to see that. Really? There's 7,100 languages in the world. So they're only supposed to marry inside their language? Where's that in the Bible? There's 175 languages in the Philippines, okay? Just in the Philippines, 175 languages. 700 just in Indonesia, 800 in Papua New Guinea. There's only 8 million people there, but 800 languages in Papua New Guinea. God never said that language groups should stay separate. God never said that kindreds or tribes should stay separate. He only said to the children of Israel that they were not to marry the heathen. Why? Because their heart would be pulled away from God. Same thing then, same thing now. 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. With unbelievers. I've literally heard people quote that. Well, yep, black and white shouldn't marry because uh, God said not to be unequally yoked. Okay, wow. Uh, context, please. Context. Um, so practically, if you draw the line, where? All right, you tell me. I'm just going to be straight up honest here. Let's just talk. If somebody is half white and half black, what do we call them? Go ahead and answer it. We call them black. Wait, they're half white. No, not in this society. They're black. How about if they're one-fourth black and three-fourths white, what do we call them? They're black. Wait, they're three-fourths white. Nope, they're black. Our society does. What about if they're one-eighth black and seven-eighths white? To many people, they're still black. Hmm. I don't know. That sounds like me. We're judging somebody by their, quote, color of their skin or their background or, quote, their race. Um, we have a beautiful family in our church and 11 children they've adopted. And... Um, and many of them are, quote, mixed race. So who are they supposed to marry? Well, what is your background? I don't know. Oh, I'm seven-eighths white, one-eighth black, so I need to find somebody. What are you? Oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're only four-fifths black. I'm sorry. I can't marry you. You're a four-fifths white. I'm sorry. I can't marry you. I got to find somebody seven-eighths white and one-eighth black. Really? 
We're supposed to be silent where the scripture's silent and speak where the scripture speaks. Please show me in the Bible where God speaks about that, okay? Yes, God says we're not to marry the heathen because they'll pull their heart away. But if someone is of another color or country or nationality or tongue, um, there's nothing in the Bible that says if they're a Christian that someone can't marry them. All right, so I'm almost done. All right, let me give you a little more practicality. The biggest issue that people have with this is, well, I don't want my daughter marrying. That's what they say. We know it. Let's just say it. Okay, so what do you do? Teenagers don't need to date. Dating is preparation for marriage, and a teenager is not ready to get married, so there's no need to date. Be friendly with everyone. And guess what? You don't have to worry about that. Then when they're older and mature, they'll find probably someone more spiritual, closer to God, the one God wants them to marry, not just trying to get dad mad to marry somebody to to get back at dad, okay, or date somebody to get back at dad. Number two, probably what we taught our kids, probably the one that God made for you is probably a lot like you. Okay, it's just logic, not Bible. Probably the one God made for you is probably a lot like you. For instance, if you're 21, the one that God created for you to marry is probably not 62. Probably, that could be, but probably not 62 if God made them for you. Probably the one that God made for you is probably not living in Vietnam right now today. Probably, probably a lot more like you background. Probably if you're 4'11", probably the one that God made for you is not 7'3". Could be, but probably not. A little closer to you. Probably if the one that God, if you are, um, if you are um, um, of poor uh, financial means, probably the one that God made for you is not um, a multi-billionaire. Uh, or in the family grew up in a multi-billionaire home because you can't afford her, okay? And again, these are logic. These are not biblical. Uh, Could a billionaire marry a poor person? Absolutely, nothing against that in the Bible. And I say probably to our kids, probably the one that God created for you is probably a lot like you in background and probably even nationality and kindred and tongue uh, and color, probably, Okay. Is that ever different? Sure. I have a good friend of mine. Uh, he was in the Air Force. I was in the Army. And um, God called him to be a missionary to Korea. And guess what he married? A Korean woman. And they're still missionaries 20 plus years in Korea. Did it help to go to Korea to have a Korean wife? Absolutely it did. And God put them together for that. So there's so many times that God does that for a purpose, for a reason. Um, the couple in our church have adopted 11 children. They uh, um, would be of, quote, what the world would call interracial. To me, it doesn't seem like that, but God put them together. So all the children they adopted feel like, guess what? This is our family. This is our home. And we're all welcome and we're all accepted, even though we're all different. What a beautiful thing. Okay. What a beautiful thing. Well, God wanted a pure blood and a pure race. Okay. Racist. Go show me that in the Bible. Show me that in the Bible, okay? God didn't. And even like we said, in the genealogies there, there's a Moabitess, a Canaanite, and Bathsheba, another black woman. So that's not it. God didn't forbid anyone to marry any group other than the unsaved in a different religion, okay? That's Bible. So, all right, email me. You got a question. You disagree. You're like, Brother Baker, I can't believe you addressed that issue. Okay, sorry. Everything in the Bible is worthy to be taught and to believe, and um, that is also. Uh, We need to have churches where everybody's welcome. We need to have churches where um, people aren't pushed away and looked down at. Uh, I'll give you this last story. Years ago, um, 
on Monday staff meeting, we were just talking and we talked about, okay, yesterday what happened good, bad, what do we need to work on, what do we need to fix? And one of my assistant pastors said, uh, Pastor Beg, you're funny. I said, what? So, well, in every staff meeting all around the country on Monday, Tuesday, whenever they do it, uh, the pastor talks about what's the most exciting thing for him. And you can tell out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So here's a pastor talking about, man, we had a great attendance yesterday. Man, we were 30 over where we were last year at this time. Man, we had, man, we were, we were packed. That was awesome. Another pastor would be like, man, we had seven baptized yesterday. That was incredible. That was awesome. He's really excited about his baptism. Some are like, man, we had 10 people saved their salvation. They were excited about that. And that's what the pastor is excited and talks about. Another pastor like, man, we had a great offering. Man, we were up three grand over last year at this time. We had a great offering. And, and there's people that uh, the pastor, they're excited about that. He goes, our pastor? Here's what he's excited about. Man, we had five mixed couples in our church yesterday. <laughs> I started laughing. I didn't realize it came across that way. And here's why. I've never pushed that and preached that or told people, yeah, you need to marry this person or this person. But I always wanted a church where everyone was welcome. And I've had many mixed couples tell me, yeah, we're not welcome at white churches and we're not welcome at black churches. And they came to our church and they said, hey, I asked them on the way out, did you feel welcome? Oh, we did. Everyone treated us just like we were anybody. He said, you are. And it's supposed to be that way. Okay. Did they marry the exact perfect one that God wanted them to marry? I don't know and neither do you. And I'm not going to sit in judgment of that. They're married. They've got kids. <laughs> okay. It's scrambled eggs. Put some cheese on it. Let's go. Okay. Um, how in the world to judge them and make them feel like they're not welcome? I believe we'll stand before God for that. I believe a church ought to be welcome for everybody. Years ago, we had... A mayor day. We invited the mayor to come to our church and uh, let him get up and speak, say a few words. He didn't preach, but just greeted the people. And afterwards, people got to hang around and get take a picture with the mayor. It was fun and neat, and uh, it was a good guy. So on the way out, I'm walking to his car, and he just said, wow. He shook his head. Excuse me? He goes, well, I've never seen that. I said, what? He goes, I, I've never seen that. And I'm nervous. Like, okay, what? What happened? He said, your church. I said, yes. He said, he said wow. He said, you had white people? You had black people? You had Spanish people, you had educable slow people, you had rich people, you had poor people. I said, yes, sir. And he goes, I- I've just never seen that. I said, well, I believe if Jesus pastored a church that everybody would be welcome. He goes, no, I agree with that. I've just never seen that. I've been to almost every church in the county and most people, here we go, segregate themselves into people, quote, like them. I think that's that. I think we hurt the race issue. I think we hurt our country. Because when you can serve the Lord together, pray together, sing together, witness together, there will never be any race issues. I think we need to look at ourselves and say, okay, is there some racism there? Is there some where we are judging another group or another people? Um, I don't see that in the Bible at all. Hey, let's love everybody, accept everybody, help everybody, uh, and teach the Bible as truth, uh, not our preferences. That's not what we believe. The book is our authority in all matters of faith, what we believe and practice what we do. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.